Hello and welcome to Socially Awkward History. I'm Joe Gillard, your host and founder of the online history hub, History Hustle. This is the podcast that puts the awkward into Anglo-Saxon and the cringe into Cavalier. Every episode, we are joined by a comedian to dissect and discuss some socially awkward facts from history. I'm also joined by my trusty producer, Giles. Hey, Giles. Hello, Joe. I'm your trusty producer. Yes, you are. Who's our comedian guest this week? Well, our uh, comedian guest, I'm delighted to say we've got Dom O apostrophe Keith. Uh, Keith, he is an improviser, writer and comedian. He has toured across the UK, Europe and the US of A. He performs regularly with the show must not be named Giddy Aunt Improv and Hoopla. Welcome to the show, Dom. How awkward would you say you are? Fairly awkward, I would say. That's about the baseline for this show, I think. Somewhere between uh, being able to actually come, come and do a podcast and, and also not um, being exiled to another country. <laughs> Somewhere in between those two things. No, I feel like awkwardness is one of those things that kind of comes in waves. You know, like sometimes you'll, you'll just get into that rhythm of like, well, just feeling a bit weird and awkward now um, and then you sort of like the the lunar cycle changes and or you, then you get into a, a point especially the older you get i think where you just don't care yeah yep and exactly. you're like no nah, awkwardness is a choice yeah but then not. you're right but then also dom that i think there's the awkwardness where you're on a roll of socially being great and then you, 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 your jokes are going well, and the conversation's going well, and you say something that doesn't land, and then you, and then you, then you, you're back down to where you were, you like falling off the cliff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this, um, this happened the other day where, like, I was in a, I was in a pub, and um, we'd been, I was chatting to someone I hadn't seen for a while, and she was telling me all about like her new job and moving house and all this kind of stuff, and then later on. Uh, in the conversation, someone else said, oh, so what, you know, what's going on with you? And so I decided it would be really funny if I narrated what had happened to her and like explained about her new job. And then she went around, uh, she turned around and said, uh, this reminds me of years ago when I think you did this before. And it's just like, oh, I thought it was so, I thought it was being so charming and funny. So I'm just wheeling out the same bits. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that's on her. She, she shouldn't have said that. Completely tactless. Yeah, that, yeah, she, but she, she was the awkward one there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm taking full responsibility. I shouldn't be mansplaining other people's lives for them. Well, that's a magnanimous thing to do, which reminds me of our subject today, Abraham Lincoln. We're talking about Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the U.S., also the most socially awkward president by far. Uh, are you, You're familiar with Lincoln. How familiar are you with Lincoln, Dom? <laughs> Not very. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever studied uh any american history yeah. when i was at school yeah i um awkwardly didn't take it for gcse but then felt that that i was missing out so i then did do it for a level and had to sort of like catch up some stuff that everyone else had already covered right but i don't think america really featured well i don't know why it would 
it's not that it's not that notable of a country yeah well anyways not much i mean he's there's a civil war you know there's a president there's uh slavery is happening that's about all you need to know um but abraham lincoln was i think six foot four kind of bony uh physically awkward um and also um also a little bit socially awkward around women especially apparently one historian noted that he was uh quote extremely awkward around women um (laughs) he was married but um so this is an anecdote that was recorded uh around the same time when he was he was a lawyer uh, before he was president and he was going around with other other lawyers staying in lodges on the circuit um (laughs) and it was said that uh he was being introduced to a woman and Lincoln bowed as awkwardly and under as much embarrassment as could be imagined, and then with extreme awkwardness, put down his carpet bag and shifting his umbrella to his other hand, putting out his disengaged hand, said, How do, how do, I don't know how to talk to ladies. <laughs> wow, but it sounds like he was owning it, though. Like, he was like, <laughs> right? I'm going to claim this early doors. <laughs> I'm shit at this. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. He's this. This was not the first time that this has happened to him. It's a disarming thing, isn't it? It's disarmingly mm-hmm. charming to say I don't know how to talk to ladies, and then ha- be amazing at talking to ladies. But... Right. Well, do you feel bad for him here? Do you feel bad for Lincoln, or or, or are you thinking this is kind of just obnoxious? obnoxious dude behavior well it's very difficult without hearing the tone of voice (laughs) so if you could do it in a in a lincoln impression hmm okay um (laughs) didn't he have a really weird voice it's said that he had a kind of a high-pitched voice but um uh you know we think of him as having a in america as how do how do i'm lincoln but um, according to, to contemporaries, he had kind of a higher voice, so maybe. Okay, Joe, I'm 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 oh, the I'm the lady. I'm okay. the lady, and, okay. and I see. Hey, my all my days here comes the president here to say something to me, and then you would approach me oh, with your yes. umbrella. Yes, let me put my carpet bag down, and uh, allow me to switch my umbrella from my right hand to my left. Here's my right hand. How do how do? I don't know how to talk to ladies. <laughs> I found that very charming. <laughs> I th- it must have been the voice, though. Now, what if I do it in a in a higher pitched voice? Um, how do how do I don't know how to talk to ladies? See, I also like that. That reminds oh, okay. me of the um, who's the old guy in the Simpsons? Oh, uh, oh. He, he's in the retirement home with Grandpa. He's like Moore or something. I can't remember Giles. I. I don't know where it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, okay. know, I know the character, not the name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And the first one reminded me of Ron Swanson. Oh, there you go. So I'm, I'm very bowled over by these. I think he sounds lovely and well, very honest. Okay. Well, I, you probably nailed it. I, th- I think that's probably how he was. He was pretty- And was bowing, though, is that part of the awkwardness or was that part of the etiquette? Because obviously now... I mean, if we were going back to a situation before Dom mansplained this woman's, her own <laughs> career to her, mm. if Dom bowed beforehand, I mean, it would be even cringier. So, Joe, was bowing <laughs> etiquette back then, or was that just awkward? 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure I, that was I'm sure that was definitely part of etiquette back then, you know, mm, probably mm. came from the UK. I'm sure it was a Victorian holdover. Um and but you know, when you're really tall, it probably makes it makes it more challenging, you know. You probably smash people on the forehead every once in a while or 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 something. And so yeah, I think with his case he probably made it more awkward for him to bow. And people were shorter back then, so really he's like like eight feet tall that's by true. modern standards. <laughs> that's true. So that's that's really awkward. Is that true? <laughs> Is that true that people were shorter? I yeah, think of course. I, I think that's true that the average has has uh, has changed oh, over the centuries a little like bit. Like nutrition. Right. Right. New, uh, yeah, nutrition. One word. Nutrition. I should have thought of that. <laughs> That's why old houses tend to have like low ceilings and small doors and stuff like oh. old cottages. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I need I need to come back to something. Yeah. What's a carpet bag? Because <laughs> he you you really glossed over that. He he put right. down his his bag of carpets. Right. <laughs> it's and a, was he it's a door to door salesman? Well, um, I mean, he was a he was a kind of a traveling lawyer, so yeah, he had a, a carpet bag, which is like a little travel bag made out of you know carpet material, with little handles at the top. Um, you can Google it; it looks it looks like horrendous. Mary Poppins. Yes. Sure, yes. That there you sort go. Of carpety. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I see. I was oh, I I was actually thinking Nanny McPhee, but Mary Poppins is the original Nanny McPhee, so you're mm-hmm. right. There potato potato exactly <laughs> yeah um do you know anybody like this dom um i'm assuming that this isn't <laughs> this doesn't sound like something you would do um Where, well i know tall people is yes. that the question yes <laughs> i've met some very tall people <laughs> do they have carpet bags though mm, no okay. I, d- I can safely say hence my confusion i i've never seen <laughs> to my memory a right. carpet bag in real life <laughs> i've i've a tall person a very quick anecdote which i might have said already on this i can't remember uh, before the show started don was reminding us what we'd spoken about in the series so far which was mainly hitler and swimwear this isn't to do with either of those i don't think but i when i went to lean in and kiss a woman i was 13 they were 13 i was gonna say they just i start with my age first but with the same age <laughs> She recoiled and sort of like was like recoiled and jumped backwards. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, I thought you were going to headbutt me. <laughs> so I think I think that tall people have a thing that if we I'm not that tall, but if you go in, you know, if there's a bow or a quick movement for people who aren't that, it can seem pretty, you know, yeah. awkward or something's about to happen. Yeah, it's like a crane moving above you or something. Exactly like she said, I thought a crane was coming to hit me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on to another Abe Lincoln fact. Um, have you ever tried to do, you know, do something fun for a kid maybe, but not thought it all the way through, kind of like, you know, age level? And I'm thinking of like, you know, I got, I got a, uh, my nephew a, a little drone for his, for a present for a Christmas present, but I, you know, I didn't I I misread the ages on the thing, and so once he saw that the age minimum was older than he was, he was super excited. You know, you got me a you got me a twelve plus gift, and I was like, oh crap! I thought that was you know I I thought I checked this, and um 
And so I was worried, you know, have I gotten him something dangerous that he's going to actually hurt himself? Um, have you ever done anything like that? The story that that makes me think of is uh, just in terms of awkward things that have not been thought out properly for children. Um, <laughs> briefly, I was a children's party entertainer. No. Ooh. Yeah. And good. so we would we, we were all actors and we'd get booked for kids' parties. And there was one where it was uh, Hanukkah and they were like, oh, we want a Hanukkah-themed um, party, please, for these kids. And I was like, oh, that's that's great. I'm not Jewish. Do you have, like, a script that I can learn? They went, no, no, you can just, just improv it, actually. And I was like, what, the, the incredibly culturally important, significant, like, historical story of Hanukkah, and I'll just wing it. <laughs> yeah. How did it go? Oh, they, it was ridiculous. It was the, the wealthiest family, mm-hmm. and they had this massive house, and they'd booked us. They'd also booked um, fire eaters. Wow. They'd booked um, jugglers. Wow. They'd booked like a DJ. And but it was Hanukkah was like like before Christmas, so it was really cold. Right. So they didn't want the kids to go outside. So the fire breather did that inside. Uh-oh. The fire alarm went off, <laughs> and there's parents running around everywhere. Just telling us, like, n- just to stay in character. <laughs> stay in character. <laughs> oh my God! Well, that that that's um, a perfect setup for the uh, Abraham Lincoln fact here. Um, according to somebody who was who was watching him when he was on his uh, his circuit as a lawyer, some kids. Uh, he was in a lodge. I'm sorry. Can I interject here? Yes. I, I, I'm just confused as well because, like Dom, I know nothing about American politics. I think that was Dom's exact words. Was he a lawyer before he was president, or are you saying he was being a lawyer? Oh, I'm just sorry. For fun yeah. On the side? Yeah, he was a he was a small town lawyer um, uh, in the state of Illinois before he was a president. Yes. Wow, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's at a lodge with his fellow lawyers, but uh, some kids were pay- uh, they were playing with a pig's bladder, which mm-hmm. had been blown up and tied up like a balloon. Uh, Lincoln persuaded them to heat the balloon in the fireplace, which they did. The balloon blew up and scattered coals from the fire all over the room. Lincoln tried to sweep it up with a broom, sweep up the coals, but then the broom caught fire uh, and was ruined. And at this point, uh, Lincoln realized he was late for something, and so he ran out, um, leaving everyone else to deal with <laughs> muttering i'm not good at dealing with children he <laughs> fled the scene <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man i i just i i, I first have speechless and secondly I, I like to think this is the same day of him sort of like <laughs> <laughs> like like bowing at women and saying i'm not very good with women running into the next room setting fire yes. to a broom yes i think he's just mr bean i think every day is like this for him he looks so dignified in pictures. I know, I know. I think that that image probably went a long way for him. Those cheekbones, right? It's not a very Mr. Bean look that he has. No, <laughs> I don't imagine him gurning very much. <laughs> yeah, I also wonder why. Like, what, why were pig bladders just laying around? Um, well, when you said it, uh, when you said it, I thought I did think about football because that was what footballs were, weren't they? Oh, they really? were pig bladders. 
well oh. soccer to translate oh yeah but i don't okay. know if soccer had made its way <laughs> to america at this point probably i don't know i feel like we'd still be using pig bladders in america so maybe he was like saying why don't like this new game this new fun game has come over from uh you know england <laughs> where they've got football clubs called chelsea and, and man city right and have a kick of this yeah exactly and it went in the fire and <laughs> it went wrong wait but what what year are we talking here joe well this would have been uh probably in the 1850s oh so I, at that point, we actually don't have football clubs called Man City and Chelsea. Yet. Ah. What about Norwich? Do we have Norwich? Um, no. Any other football teams? I'll be honest, I don't think we have any football teams at, at that point that like exist now in their current capacity. Oh. I want to say, say Everton's the oldest team and it's like 1880s or something. Okay. I might Google this because... I feel like I should. I've got half a fact. Well, we have to answer it now. Yeah, eighteen sixty-two, Notts County. That is the original football team, according to a very quick Google. <laughs> now, what you would hope is that another football team also came about in that year. Otherwise, they were just a bit bored. Just them for fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, Joe, can you yeah. sorry, can you just repeat repeat exactly you the story what, again? Okay. Yeah, not the story, just the facts of how the fire came about. I'm I'm confused as to the timeline. Oh, it's very simple. There's the pig's bladder tied up like yeah. a balloon in the fire. The fire heats up the pig's bladder balloon, and it explodes, and scattered coals go everywhere, which then need yeah. to be swept up with a broom, which then catches fire, and then he leaves. <laughs> See this. <laughs> what it reminds me of is is the other day I was coming home from the trip and um, I was waiting for uh, a light in the city and I had to catch a ferry and I was waiting and waiting waiting it's taking forever. Uh, there were some kids also waiting nearby and and eventually I got impatient and I just walked across the street without realizing that sometimes kids just do what adults do and think that they know what they're doing. And so they walked into the street too. And then we all ended up getting honked at. And um, I feel I feel terrible, you know, that I, you know, I could have put us in a, in a dangerous situation. Um, but, you know, I was just, <laughs> I was forgetting that, you know, when you tell kids to put a, a pig's bladder in the fire, yeah. um, they'll do it. They'll do it. That that so jaywalking story reminds me of um i uh, again very briefly i lived uh, i was in munich and i was working in a kindergarten and on my way into work um i walked across the road not at the zebra crossing but just at another point but there was no cars around and this old lady who for the purposes of the story was a nun uh <laughs> like comes up and shouts at me in the street in german and i sort of not nod and say yeah okay okay kind of problem um and she's telling me off for setting a bad example in front of the kindergarten because oh what God. if the kids are looking out the window <laughs> yeah but but there are also i think there is no wrath like 
if there is a parent with their young child, you go across because you know it's absolutely fine. And the, 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 the parent will be like, yeah, but don't be like them. Right. Don't. Because they'll be like, mummy, why is the man gone? It's not green. <laughs> and she'll be like, well, because he's an idiot. So I think that I, I do get that judgy awkwardness from adults. Totally. Totally. I feel like mm. the if, judging... they're, if they're nuns, even more, even more. I feel like the castigating is the is the worst lesson for the kids. So they're going to grow up and just be angry, judgmental at at people just minding their own business, like Dom. So so rebellious. Yes. Yeah, they'll grow up and they'll be crossing streets left, right, and center. Yeah, they'll be independent citizens, free thinkers, if you will. I'm just thinking, is that uh, Phil? You might need to edit this out because I might be breaking the law here. But if you are running late for something important. And there literally was nothing coming. <laughs> Why can't you just cross a road? Why do you have to wait for the lights? I know it's the law. It's not the law in the UK. Isn't it? No, we jaywalking is, is legal in the UK, I believe. But in lots <laughs> of other countries, it's not. Hmm. Well, you heard it from Dan. That is awkward. That is awkward, I think. There's a lot of... Because I both drive and cycle... When I not drive, not the same. I've tried; doesn't work. <laughs> when I drive, parents tell you off. Don't be like that, man. <laughs> I get mad at cyclists, and then when I cycle, I get mad at drivers. Like you, you can flip. I think depending on your pedestrian role, <laughs> I find that very awkward because I like, you know, I know that I'm having a go at myself. That's great. Like a, a very fickle tribalism. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. We are delighted to say that Ancient Origins is sponsoring this podcast. Ancient Origins is the world's most popular ancient history website, covering lost civilizations, odd artifacts, amazing places, and strange events in history. It brings alive the mystery and intrigue of our ancient past. Listeners to this podcast can get 20% off a premium subscription by using the code HISTORY. Okay, on with the show. Well, here, here's a, here's another uh, a nice guy kind of fact. So I think I think we're all pretty much nice guys here. But nice people have a way of, um, uh, I think, sharply offending people without meaning to sometimes. And when you realize that, it can be really kind of upsetting. Um, to realize that you've, you know, hurt somebody when you didn't mean to. And I know that's, that's happened to me. I remember being in high school and, and trying to compliment uh, a girl by saying that, cause she was, you know, she was perfectly fit and thin. And I said something about being ironic, sarcastic, like you're so huge or something. And uh, I thought it was so funny because she wasn't. And then, you know, she, she cried and I felt terrible. Um, and I still remember it. Um, <laughs> do you have any moments like this, Dom? Yeah, and it's so interesting that, like, yeah, as a child and then kind of a teenager, you have to learn humor. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have these, like, humor kind of works on the idea of, like, norms and then kind of benevolent subversions of the, like, expectations that we have. Hmm. But when you get that wrong and it's all of a sudden a malevolent, right. like, thing that you've accidentally said, um, yeah, it makes me think of when I was at primary school and we were walking back from, uh, like, we'd been at, like, doing PE, 
playing cricket and I had this like blue plastic cricket bat and I went to this this boy in my year went, hey Chris you're a vandal and I mimed like throwing it through a, a school window because I thought that was like such a funny idea and he went no I'm not <laughs> And we, we genuinely didn't speak for like six months because wow. he was so offended that I'd accused him of being a vandal. <laughs> maybe maybe he he identified with the with the Romans or the the Visigoths instead. Right, you're gonna have to explain. <laughs> oh, sorry, because the Vandals were originally the uh, were barbarian um, barbarian tribes. That's where the word vandal comes from. Oh, um, maybe. I wondered if he genuinely had done lots of graffiti around the school that no one had found out about. Ah. And he was so offended, maybe because I'd accidentally touched upon a nerve or something. There it is. I think that's what it is. We'll never know. And you're still thinking about it today, though. Yeah. That's the important thing. Well, Most days. (laughs) So being a comedian then, also trying to be a nice person must be the hardest thing in the world. (laughs) Hmm. No, I don't, because people are like, oh, you can't say anything these days, and like, I, I just think that you just have to be more, more sensitive than I was aged like eight. Gotcha. It's <laughs> <laughs> a low bar. And just like aware that you know we're all going to make mistakes, right. and we're all going to accidentally trip up, and gotcha. you know say things that are poorly phrased in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you've got to be. Uh... Someone said something really interesting the other day about like the difference between guilt and shame and the like guilt is like oh i did a bad thing and shame is like oh no i'm a bad person interesting and this idea that shame actually is so unproductive and is just unuseful whereas we can all acknowledge like oh maybe i maybe i shouldn't have said she was absolutely massive or maybe right. i shouldn't have accused him of that crime right exactly and i feel like yeah if you're a if you're um you know, maybe a really anxious person or a certain type of person, you'll go straight from guilt to shame every single time. <laughs> yeah. Did a bad thing. I'm a bad person. Did a bad thing. Still a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop doing bad things. Still a bad person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, so this one, this Lincoln, this is Lincoln doing that. So it's, it's, there's no fires or, or this is not, um, this is not a sensational, so I'm sorry, but uh, he was another story for being a lawyer. Um, there's a tavern, and the lady who kept the tavern, she always had a large bowl of custard in the middle <laughs> of the table for all the lawyers, which were her guests. What? Should I just stop there? <laughs> what? She kept, she, she kept a bowl of custard in yeah. the middle of the tavern for the lawyers. For the lawyers. <laughs> go, go away, <laughs> other professions. This is the lawyer custard. <laughs> exactly. It's lawyer custard. She had the bowl, the bowl of lawyer custard in the middle of the table. Um, and when Mr. Lincoln and his friend, uh, he came up to the table, saw it, and he said, Davis, did you ever see anything keep like that? It looked just like that when we left last fall, which I think he meant <laughs> nobody's eating it. Um, and it offended her so much that she stopped making custard for the lawyers there forth, thenceforth. Oh, no. Which I find very sad. <laughs> Yeah, poor them. <laughs> what? I have questions, but Dom, you can go first. You're the guest. I'm just a curious producer. 
Well, so the first thing is this this reminds me of maybe turning like 12 and um, getting multiple like Lynx uh, gift sets like one Christmas. You know, like an auntie and an uncle and then a random cousin and like different people get them for you. And then in like January, a family friend comes around and says, oh, did you get anything nice for Christmas? And I go, not really, just loads of deodorant. People clearly think I smell. Ooh. And she goes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was horrible. That's the other thing I think about every day. <laughs> There's a lot of layers to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but back to this table with just a massive bowl of custard in yes. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Questions. Were they eating anything else with it? Oh <laughs> I hope so. Some fruit cocktail? Yeah. I mean can we uh, Joe, can we do some bullet point questions and you've got to answer answer them all. So so Dom's just there. What did it was it spoons? Was it a spoon situation and they're all like around the table just going in with a spoon? Do they just go with their hands and do it? I was don't custard know. was custard a new thing and so it was really exciting, so they put it on a table for all the lawyers to try before everyone else. Like why was it why was it just custard for lawyers? I don't know. Or did each table have a bowl of custard on it for different professions? <laughs> no, there was Angel Delight for the solicitors. Yes. There was just whipped cream for the like <laughs> tradesmen. I don't I don't know any of the these these details, Giles. I wish I did. I wish I did. I imagine that there was a big um ladle or something and you'd put it in your little your little plate. I don't know. That's the most realistic answer, but it's not the one I was hoping for. No, I know. I know. Blamange for the builders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a lot it's, it's a really lovely image it's a really it's a really lovely image but yeah why would you before tucking in some custard insult the chef it's like walking yes. into the kitchen at a restaurant and going bet this is going to be rubbish before you tuck in <laughs> just don't do that you know well you know lincoln was a little bit of a comedian in himself and so i think what he was trying to do is just be funny and as we were just discussed um you have to just Remember that people are sensitive and um, people can get their feelings hurt over things when you don't realize it. Um, there's a there's a, a word for this kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever... There's a blog called Wait But Why. Um, very funny blog. And uh, the creator uh, invented this term called clueiness, which he calls... It's the kind of sadness you feel for somebody who... You know, you're feeling way weirder about it than they probably are, um, but you're feeling bad for them because there was some small disappointment that they faced, you know, some small little thing that, uh, you know, wasn't big enough to be a big deal, but big enough that you know that, um, that you know, it hurt them somehow and that you're probably making a bigger deal out of it than, than they would. <laughs> he gives the example of... Um, his uh, grandpa or somebody getting out the game of Clue for the kids to come play when they get back. And he, he gets the game all out and ready, and then they don't come back because they want to go to, like, their friend's house. And so he just imagines them slowly putting the pieces back in the box, putting the box back on the shelf, and going about his evening. And it's that kind of, like, hard-to-explain sadness. Very interesting. Anyways, mm. I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. We have a cluey situation. Cluey. <laughs> you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to do a bibliography to this uh to this episode Joe. there's a lot of reading that i need to do 
<laughs> right. Starting with basic American history. Yes. Well, check out, yeah, Wait But Why. That's the, uh, that's the name of the blog you can find that on. Um, okay. And what very... about any reading about custard-based uh, women who run taverns? Would you recommend any books on that? Mm, yes. Anthology to uh, Lawyer Custard, uh, Volume 4. Uh, Perfect. By Cambridge University Press. Yes. Um, <laughs> This fourth fact actually might throw the whole uh, whole awkwardness under under the table. We might have a situation here that proves that Lincoln was not awkward at all, and he was actually really smooth. But you be you be the judge. So when Lincoln first met his future wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, um, at the ball, he reportedly said, "Miss Todd, I want to dance with you in the worst way," and uh, <laughs> told her cousin later, and he certainly did. And Lincoln was not a drinker, so. We know that he probably was sober when he said this, but do you think this is a pretty smooth comment? I don't really know what this means. <laughs> I, want to, I want to dance with you in the worst way. So is this him self-deprecatingly being like, I'm a terrible dancer, mm-hmm. but you're so attractive that I still want to give it, I still want to dance. Right. Or is this a, is this a double entendre? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it's this kind a, of ambiguous, isn't it? A, I want to rhythmically gyrate in another way. <laughs> I guess we'll never know, but I think that's I think that's what makes it interesting. But there's a pattern, isn't there? There's a pattern of the way that he's sort of being. Oh, whoops! I, you know, I, uh, whatever the first one was, I'm going to headbutt you. And that was my thing. Whatever his thing was, <laughs> or yeah, like, you a woman <laughs> and then apologized and left. Yeah, but I feel like this is definitely his thing, Joe. He he apologizes. He's a He's very mm. British in that sense. He'll apologise for no reason. The more I'm hearing about him, the more he, se- he seems to remind me a bit of like Michael Scott, ah. from, like the American Office. Yes, like he kind of he just really wants to be liked <laughs> a bit too much. Right. He's sort of trying to throw these little jokes in about yeah. the custard, and yeah. it backfires spectacularly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> He, he meets the love of his life and he just can't control himself. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I feel like Michael Scott would tell the kids to put the pig's bladder in the fire, um, for sure. Yeah. So right before we finish, uh, there's some time to go through some Victorian slang, Dom. I'm going to name... Uh, I'm going to read a Victorian slang term and I want you to guess what you think it means before I tell you what it actually means. Sound good? Right. Perfect. All right. All right. The first one is sauce box. Sauce box. See, see, that to me sounds like the kind of thing that quite like a, um, like an Alan Carr type comedian, or maybe um, mm. like Paul O'Grady, would be like, "Oh, you're such a sauce box. You're just <laughs> you're so saucy." Close. Um, so I think it's a a a um a, a person. Who is a little scandalous? Okay, okay. It actually means mouth. <laughs> it's a body oh, part. I liked so your it's definition. Like your pink hole. Yeah, exactly, it's exactly. The, the box where you keep your sauces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but once again, Giles, we have we have a contestant who has better answers than the actual answer. So yeah, <laughs> we need to rewrite these definitions. I know. I know. All right. Uh, this one is Cupid's kettle drums. What are Cupid's kettle drums? Are they um, are they breasts? Yes, yes, they, they are. are. Yep. Wow, <laughs> kettle drums. 
Cupid's kettle drums. <laughs> what, what's a kettle drum? Well, I mean, isn't that the big, isn't that the big, like, uh, timpani drum? and classical? Kettle drum. Oh! <laughs> in terms of how drums look, in terms of how drums look, I would say it is a bit buzzy. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, you got one right. Wow. Um, Dom, that's one out of two, but then two. a bonus point for having a better... So that's two, three out of two so far. Great. How about this one? Chuckaboo. Chuckaboo. I think that's like in Glasgow where you take a ball to the park and you're just like, you're going out for a chuckaboo. <laughs> Sounds accurate to me, but it means something you call a close friend. Ah, oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of nice. nice. Is that where boo comes from? You know, like the modern oh. slang of like... He's my boo. You just exploded the lid off the mystery. That's pretty genius. I like that. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, I'm going to send that to Oxford and Webster right now. Um, <laughs> let's see. Half rats. What is half rats? Mouse? No. Um, I, good guess. I reckon it's like if you're, if you're really drunk, then you're like rat-arsed. So if you're half rats, it's like tipsy. Wow. Wow. That's exactly what it means. Partially drunk. Is it? Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you figured it God, out and explained, and explained the reasoning. My Victorian upbringing once again helping me out. <laughs> that's a, amazing. That's, that's genuinely cool. so impressive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, you should be a linguistic detective, which I, I, I imagine is not a job, but should be. Uh, <laughs> I love that, Dom. Well, well done. Well yeah, done. well done, Dom. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's if that's, we were if yeah. we were keeping if we were keeping a leaderboard, Dom would genuinely be top of it. Oh yeah, absolutely, by far. I'm absolutely buzzing. I can't <laughs> believe this. This is the bit at the end of the podcast where you like embarrass the not embarrassed, but you're just like, oh well, you thanks for trying. You got zero out of three, but <laughs> it was fairly funny. I'm amazed. Nope, not this yeah. time. You've taken you've taken the steam out of it, Dom. You've really you've really if any we've ended on a dud because you've been accurate. <laughs> Check the answer again. That can't possibly be right. Yeah. No. Well done. What, and that, um, yeah. what do I win? What does he question? win, Giles? You're the producer. Prize? He wins a a um subscription to ancient or twenty percent off a subscription to ancient origins if uh, you yes. use the code history. That's our sponsor. And is that just for me or is that for all my chuckaboos who are listening as well? I would say <laughs> potentially for everyone who's listening. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. That's all the time we've got for on this week's episode of Socially Awkward History. Thank you to our guest, the hilarious Dom O'Keefe. Where can we find more of you? Um, if you look up the show that must not be named, that is improvised spoof Harry Potter. Um, and we are doing that uh, kind of all over the place at the moment, actually. So that's the main, uh, yeah, main one to look up for me. Excellent. So please do that. And thank you to our sponsors, Ancient Origins. You can find out more about them and get a 20% off a subscription by clicking the link below in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please do follow or subscribe and leave a review as well as a five-star rating. It really helps other people discover us. You can find more History Hustle on social media as well as HistoryHustle.com. 
This podcast was produced by Giddy Ant Comedy and edited by Phil Atkins. Most importantly, thank you to you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, stay awkward. Stay awkward.